Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Read from, I'm going to read from the book of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter number nine this morning started a lesson last week in our discipleship series here concerning stewardship and looking at a few different areas of stewardship uh, of our time and our talent and our treasure and our testimony and so uh, we spoke about stewardship how whenever we mention stewardship stewardship of course is is resources that have been given to us they don't belong to us but they've been given to us and then we, we use them and we manage them as the owner would deem or as the owner would uh, desire. And so we looked at last week a little bit about what stewardship was and, and considered some stewardship of our time. Uh, but we want to continue this morning considering stewardship. And we're going to talk about the stewardship of our, our talents. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter number 9 and verse number 10, these words, whatsoever. Thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whether thou goest. Again, our subject matter is stewardship, particularly as we begin today, the stewardship of our of our talents or the abilities giftings that God has given us. Let's pray today. Father, I come to you this morning. I pray, O oh Lord, that you're able to help us now, Lord, as we turn our attention another time, God, to your word. Open our understanding today, God, as we would, Lord, read your word and study your word. I pray, O oh God, that you're able to help us, Lord, in this endeavor. God, speak and minister, Lord Jesus. Help us, God, to be good stewards. God, good stewards, Lord, over the resources that you have committed to our care, Lord, and we will not handle them, Lord, inappropriately, but according to your desire. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray, amen and amen. God bless you this morning in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The fact of the matter is this. Everybody to some degree and of some sort has been given a talent or an ability. There is something uh, that's within your life that that uh, you are per se gifted in uh, perhaps even more so than another individual we we often think i know within the setting of the church many times as a talent being some type of uh, artistic singing ability or musical ability but talent goes much further than just music or musical ability uh, they can be expressed in many different ways of our life, many different ways for that matter of the church life. Anything that you can do or use to help the kingdom of God is a talent or nobility then that God has given you in order to bless and edify his kingdom. Many times some of the uh, things even... Uh, I know maybe we don't consider this, but many times, many of the things that we even have as a skill in a normal career, God can use that uh, for the edification and the building up of his kingdom if we will surrender it unto him. 
And so, uh, you know, in reality, a church can only use a, a certain a limited number in reality of teachers and preachers and, and uh, singers and musicians, so on and so forth, in our public worship services that we have uh, three times a week or close to be three times a week here. Uh, but there are many other ways that there have been talents given. Uh, for instance, a little uh, bit of the New Testament scriptures speak of some talents that people had used. The Bible speaks of one by the name of Dorcas. She's also called in other places Tabitha that she used her talents of making goat, not goats, coats. That would be interesting, wouldn't it, make a goat? Um, she made coats and coverings or garments, and she made them for those that were needy uh, within the New Testament Scripture. Uh, the, how, the household, the Bible says, of Stephanus, they addicted themselves to basically being servants, amen, unto the saints. Anna uh, the Bible speaks of her being in the temple whenever Jesus was brought for his dedication that Anna had exercised, and you might not consider this a talent, but she exercised herself in prayer and in fastings consistently at the house of God and unto the Lord. Uh, some of the first deacons in Acts chapter number 6, they exercised their ability in ministering to the widows, all right, and to the orphans. And so these are other areas that would be considered a talent or ability. There is always something that we can do to serve the kingdom of God. If you're one of those people and you are telling yourself or maybe there's voices in your head that say, uh, I really don't have anything I can offer. Well, those voices are speaking to you an untruth. They are speaking to you a lie. Everybody has something that they can offer uh, to the kingdom of God. It's just in reality about serving the Lord and working for the Lord in whatever way it may be. You can volunteer to serve for the Lord in a variety of ways, ways that may uh, coincide with, with a talent, skill, gift, or ability that you have. And so since God has placed many, or all of these really, uh, talents and skills and abilities into our lives, then I believe that He has a expectation for us to be stewards over them just as much as a steward over our time and again using them for the purpose of his kingdom and whenever we are faithful over those small things we've already seen in this lesson amen he will then uh, contribute to our carry even greater things than those and so the opportunities to serve within the context of a church in many regards are endless you know, there is church cleaning crews, there's maintenance crews, there's lawn mowing crews, people being used for purposes of painting and carpentry and electrical work and plumbing. Those are talents and skills and abilities that you can be a steward over and surrender to the Lord. Children's uh, ministries, nursery ministries, hospital visitations, audio and uh, video ministries, and the list continues to go on and on. Youth ministries, so on and so forth. So there are many venues and areas that may not be a singing, may not be a preaching, may not be a musical ability, but it's still an ability nonetheless to use for the purpose of the Lord. The Bible says, says in Galatians 6 and 10, as we have therefore opportunity, as we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. In other words, if you're going to use an ability 
anywhere and for anyone. Do it for the household of faith. I know we have our responsibilities at our jobs and elsewhere, and that's great and fine. But if you're going to use some of your same skills in other places, and yet you've not ever yet used that for the kingdom of God, for the household of faith, as you have opportunity, please uh, use that skill. Talk to me if you need to uh, in order to find out where can I use my skill that I am gifted in for the purpose of the Lord. And so we want to use our time. We want to use our talent and our ability for the Lord. Thirdly, we want to use our treasure. Probably better said we want to use his treasure for his purpose and for his Uh, desires. The Bible says in Matthew 6 and verse 21, I want to talk to you about the stewardship of our treasure. And uh, as I talked to us this morning about the stewardship of our treasure, it really could probably fall within a few different headings. Uh, One being tithing, one being our giving, free will offering, and a really one what the Bible called in scripture as alms, which is really caring for those that are in need. And so I want to, though, read Matthew 6, 21. It's a part of a greater uh, group of scriptures that, that lends to this context. But nonetheless, the Bible says, this is a scripture that many know, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And so we have mandate through scripture, not just New Testament, Old Testament as well, as being stewards and managers over the monetary thing. That God has allowed into our lives. First of all this morning I want to talk to you about stewardship concerning treasure. Concerning tithing today. I want to talk to you about that. Amen. Because I believe that's vitally important. Because that's something that we need to set uh, as a priority. uh, Prior to giving and almsgiving. We need to be faithful and a good steward in tithing. Uh, Tithing, this word literally just means the tenth. The tenth, all right? It it speaks to us about returning a tenth, or if you will, 10% of all of our increase unto the Lord. At different places in Scripture, the tithing is also known in God's Word as the Lord's portion. The Lord's portion. The Bible says in Proverbs 3 and verse number 9 this morning, uh, these particular words, it says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. And so of that substance and the first fruits being that, that tenth or that 10% portion of all of our increase, we return unto the Lord as a steward. We give that unto God. And so the Lord's portion, this idea of a tenth, in reality, uh, the Lord's portion goes all the way back to the very beginning. To, and when I mean the beginning, I mean the very beginning. Because think here for a moment with me, if you will. Remember in the book of Genesis that God created a garden east of Eden. And he created man, of course. And he put, the Bible says, he put man in that garden for this purpose, to dress it and to keep it. So let's consider this. God made the garden. He created the garden. He put man in the garden as a steward of the garden. 
to dress and to keep it. Man could have everything in the garden, could have every tree of the garden except one tree. God says you can't have. That belongs entirely to me. You, you can be a steward of everything else, but that one there, you, you, you cannot. It's not to be used by man. Although I've made you a steward to dress and keep the garden. He said that tree is not to be used by man. Amen. So he was almost to a certain degree keeping a portion that was set aside. Right? That was just absolutely entirely without any other touching, if you want to call it like that, the Lord's portion. And so there is something from the very beginning that starts to be uh, developed in the scripture concerning the tithe or the Lord's portion. Uh, tithing by name is first mentioned in the scripture all the way back in the book of Genesis 14 when it speaks of Abram before Abraham's name was even changed. Abram goes out and he encounters Melchizedek who was king of Salem as we would know it, Jerusalem. And so this Melchizedek came out and he was the priest of the Most High God. And Abram uh, 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 approaches Melchizedek, we find in Genesis 14, verse 20, and the Bible says these words, And blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thine hand, and he, Abram that is, gave him, Melchizedek, tithes of all, or a tenth of all that was given. Then about a hundred years or so later, Tithing is still in practice among God's people in Genesis chapter 28. It records the actions of Jacob, which was Abraham's grandson. Amen. Jacob, the Bible says, encountered the Lord at Bethel. He encountered, which is literally the house of God. He encountered the Lord at Bethel. And the Bible says in Genesis 28 and verse 22, and this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house, and of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. Speaking of the Lord. And so Jacob saying, Lord, of everything, look, and he note the distinction here, of everything that you give me, I'm going to give a tenth unto thee. He was being a good steward of the treasure, amen, and he was giving the tenth or the ten percent, amen, that belonged unto the Lord. Folks, there is even historical, there's even historical evidence, amen, dating as far back as Abraham, that even the pagans, those, those that were heathenistic and not of Israel, not of the Hebrew people, that there were even pagans that tithed of their resources to their pagan gods. Amen. To their pagan gods. And so uh, some have mistakenly over time uh, thought of tithing of something that was devised by the law of Moses and that uh, it is no longer in act, it is no longer true. But I want you to understand that about 500 years before the law of Moses ever come to fruition, there was tithing, amen, through Abraham and his descendants. And yes, tithing did. It's spoken of again and brought to the surface again in the law of Moses, but that's not when it, where it was first uh, started or first originated. As I told you, I believe we can go all the way back to the garden, amen, and see, amen, this idea and concept 
of tithing. Amen? And you say, here's the thing. Well, you know, law of Moses was the law of Moses, Brother McGee, and there's some things of the ceremonial law that whenever we got into the New Testament kind of fall by the wayside. You know, we're living now under a covenant of grace. We're not living under the covenant of law. And I, I do declare we are living in a dispensation of grace. But there's something about grace that we know according to New Testament Scripture. Grace, it seems like, according to the New Testament, does not demand less of us but demands more of us. Because Christ said in the New Testament, he said, he, said, he said in the Old Testament, rather, thou shalt not commit adultery. That was the law. In the New Testament, Jesus says under the dispensation of grace, if a man looks upon a woman to lust after her, he's committed adultery with her in his heart. Grace seems to demand a little bit more. In the Old Testament, the law says, thou shalt not kill. But in the New Testament, Jesus says, if a man arbors anger in his heart toward somebody, then he hath committed murder toward that individual. Grace seems to demand... Amen. A little bit more. Amen. And so when the law was later given to Moses on Mount Sinai, the principle of tithing, yes, was incorporated into it. Because the Bible says in Leviticus 27 and verse number 30, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is, this is important, it is holy. All right? It is holy. Again, the word holy basically means set apart. It is holy unto the Lord. Or it is set apart unto the Lord. Deuteronomy 14 and verse 22, the Bible says, Thou shalt truly tithe all the increase of thy seed, that the field bringeth forth year by year. Amen. And so, yes, we see it in Abraham. I believe we see a Lord's portion. He says, all the trees except this. I see we see it in the garden. We see it in Abraham. We see it in Abraham's offspring. We see it in the law of Moses. Amen. And so this is just not an idea that came from left field. Amen. This is something that has grounds, amen, that are eternal. This is God's principle of stewardship concerning our treasure. This is God's principle, his plan of stewardship concerning our treasure. You know, and if, if we're not careful, sometimes we may be like Adam and Eve and look at the one tree we can't have and forget all the others we can. Meaning, 10% goes to the Lord, but he's allowed us 90% to live our lives. Amen. Off of, and of course, still be good stewards over in our own financial concerns uh, that the Lord, the Lord has has given. Notice the Bible in Matthew twenty three twenty three, and uh, I must go there today. I don't have it necessarily written down, but in Matthew twenty three twenty three, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees, the hypocrites, uh, here, and he says, "Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin." And have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone. Now, note, please note that the Lord is not being uh, chastising or chastising the Pharisees because they gave tithe. All right? He speaks in such a way. You've done this because cumin and anise and, and mint, all of these were they, were, they were herbs, all right? And so they were tithing even off some very minuscule things, herbs. But know what Jesus said. 
He just said that there's some other weightier matters of judgment, mercy, and faith that you need to participate in as well. But I'm not telling you to do those and then not tithe. He says, no, you do these and also don't leave the matter of tithing undone. Said it's great. It's great that you're tithing even off of these minuscule herbs. That's great. That's appropriate. He says, but let's just add some other things like judgment, mercy, and faith. What I'm trying to get at this morning is this: that just because he named that mercy and these other things as weightier matters, does not mean that tithing doesn't carry any weight. All right. So, yes, he's saying practice, practice in mercy, practice in judgment, practice in faith, and continue practicing in your tithing. And I think it's important because they is off even minuscule things. But it was still increase into their life. Amen. Amen. It was still increase unto their life. Although it may, by somebody's standard, may seem significantly uh, insignificant for that matter. And so Jesus says, do this. Uh, concerning tithing, as we talk in New Testament Scripture, the Lord Jesus Christ uh, walked among humanity, of course, and uh, the Old Testament priesthood, like the Mosaic and Aaron, Aaron uh, priesthood, uh, was fulfilled. It, it came to a place of being obsolete to a degree. But there was an establishment or a reestablishment, if you want to call it that, of the priesthood of Melchizedek, whom Abraham gave tithing to in the Old Testament. In the New Testament scripture, it teaches us in the book of Hebrews chapter number 7 that Jesus Christ was a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. He was a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Now here is something else that we must come to terms with then. In Galatians 3, the Bible tells us as the church, the children of God, that we are the children of Abraham through faith. Right? Huh? That if we be his, the Bible says, if you be Christ, you are Abraham's seed. If Christ is after the order of Melchizedek, who Abraham gave tithing to, amen, and we are the children of Abraham because we are Christ. And just as Jacob, the grandson of Abraham, continued with tithing, so likewise, we should continue with giving the tenth or the tithe unto the Lord Jesus Christ, who is after the order of Melchizedek. Amen. Our God, our great God, is still our high priest, and we pay tithes, again, not to an institution, not to a church, but unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Look what the Bible says in John chapter 8 and verse 39. The Bible says, and they answered to him, the Jews said, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, if ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. Likewise, if Galatians 7, if because we are Christ, we are Abraham's seed. If we are the children of Abraham, then we must do the works of Abraham, which included in that is the tithing to the order of a priesthood after the row of Melchizedek, which is Jesus Christ our Lord, according to Hebrews chapter number 7. The writer of Hebrews tells us that it is Jesus Christ, amen, who receives and acknowledges the tithing that we do offer unto the Lord. Hebrews 7 and verse number 5. It says, and here men that die receive tithes. Speaking about this old earth, but there he receiveth them. 
of whom it is witnessed that he liveth. Amen. We might do something in the natural here on the earth, but what we do in the natural here on the earth, amen, is received in a manner of the Spirit in the heavens. Amen. The Lord receives our tithes. And you know one of my favorite sayings, and the Lord keeps good records as well. The Lord keeps good records as well. You don't pay your tithes to Pastor McGee, all right? You don't pay your tithes necessarily to the First Apostolic Church. But according to the Scripture, when we do this, 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 this mode of the tenth and of that 10%, we're doing it as unto the Lord. Amen. Colossians tells us in, in chapter 3 and verse 23 that whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Right? And so this is something. This is the plan. This is the stewardship. Again, I'm the manager. He's the owner. What he desires to, to be done with the resource he has given me is up to the owner. Right? And so if he's requiring a tenth back into himself, he's the owner. He's the owner of it all. But there's another aspect that we must consider this then that Malachi focuses in on. That if we refrain from giving the tenth, of the treasure, which is his to begin with, back to him, then we are withholding something from him that is his. All right? It's like committing grand larceny against God. The Bible says in Micah chapter number 3, in verse number 8, and I'm going to read just a few verses of Scripture here. And listen, Malachi, Malachi is... Uh, forming the scripture here in such a way that he, he's doing real well because throughout the book of Malachi, he asks a question, then he answers the question. He's kind of asking the internal dialogue within the minds of people. And he says, and folks, I'm just telling you right now, put on the armor because Malachi is quite forthright. All right? He says, will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say... Wherein have we robbed thee? And the response is in tithes and offerings. Now, verse 9, this is sobering. Ye are cursed with a curse. For ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Verse 10, bring ye all the tithes, that's that tenth, the Lord's portion, into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith. This is like the only thing in the entirety of Scripture the Lord asked us to prove him with. Prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to room to receive it. So we got, we got two sides of a coin here. You, you either deny God... His tenth, the Lord's portion, you deny him his portion, and we are cursed as a result of that. Or we surrender that tenth unto him, and he says there's blessing as a result of it. So I want to make the blessing be so pronounced in our lives that we want to be a participant and a good steward of the treasure that God has given us to be a steward over. So listen here, folks. The tithe 
is not considered as a gift to the Lord. The tithe is the Lord's. It's his rightful due of all creation. It's his rightful due. And so Malachi is is correct as he states, when we withhold the tenth, when we withhold the ten percent, the Lord's portion, we have committed robbery against God. Now think with me for a moment. Can you rob someone of something that doesn't belong to them? Can you rob someone of something that does not belong to them? It must be theirs in order for it to be accounted as robbery. And so that belongs unto the Lord. For that matter, I'll tell you today, that belongs to the Lord whether we give it to him or not. It is the Lord. And so tithing is God's plan. It's his plan, according here in Malachi, he said that there might be meat in my house. It is a plan, even in other places of Scripture, we can go to, and we'll go just to a few, to, to, for the needs of those that serve in the house of God, all right, and, and for the ministry and ministries that take place in the house of God, both the New Testament, amen, bear this out. The tithe was for the use of the ministry, amen. Tithes in the Old Testament supported that first fruits and firstlings, the tithe supported the Levites whose full-time service was the ministry of the service of the tabernacle. Their lives concerned and revolved totally around the tabernacle. That was, that was what they gave themselves to. That was, quote-unquote, their career. That is what, and so the tithing was for the support of the Levites. Numbers chapter 18 and verse 21 bears these words. And behold... I have given the children of Levi all the tenth in Israel for an inheritance for their service which they serve, even the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. Amen. The Apostle Paul in New Testament Scripture bears this out as well. Amen. About those that are serving, amen, in the temple or the tabernacle, doing the ministry of the service, amen, that those ties or that portion, amen, is for the benefit of the ministry and those who minister. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse number 7, the Bible says, Who goeth a warfare any time at his own charge? Who planteth a vineyard and eateth not of the fruit thereof? And who feedeth a flock and eateth not the milk of the flock? Say I these things as a man, or saith not the law the same also? For it is written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Doth God take care for the oxen? So the description, here's an ox, he's treading out the corn. So if we don't put a muzzle on the ox as he's treading out the corn, we leave the, 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 the muzzle off the ox so he can partake part of the corn that he's treading out. Because he's involved in this capacity and labor. The Bible goes on to ask the question, or saith he it altogether for our sakes. For our sakes, no hope should be partaker of his hope. All right? If we have sown unto you spiritual things, the Apostle Paul is saying, if we've sown unto you spiritual things, it is a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things. All right? If others be partakers of this power over you, are not we rather? Nevertheless, we have not used this power, but suffer all things, lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. Do you not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple? And they which wait at the altar are partakers 
with the altar. Even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. And so we see this commonplace in the Old Testament scriptures. Uh, the sacrifices that were brought, usually a certain portion of the sacrifice was set aside for the priest and his family. Amen. And this is the way in which the dynamic of the plan of stewardship, amen, of tithing, God had laid out. The Bible even says in Galatians 6 and 6, let him that is taught in the word communicate. That word there means to share or distribute. Let him that is taught in the word communicate, share or distribute unto him that teacheth in all good things. And so in reality, tithing, the concept of tithing, is really a test in a way of helping us order our priorities. I, I taught, uh, it's probably been a few years ago now, uh, from the Old Testament scripture of whenever the manna fell and the people were to go out and to take the manna. They had all this manna on the ground, and the Bible says to every man uh, was for the purpose for him to take a omer, all right, to every individual omer. But there was more than that out there on the ground. But they were only supposed to take an omer. The rest was supposed to stay. Had they taken more, the Bible said it would rot if they didn't use it. But the whole fact of the matter was this. God says, I'm doing this. This is what he said in the Old Testament scripture in Deuteronomy. He says, I'm doing this so I'll see if my people will be able to keep the laws of God. Huh? He, what? He wanted to know if they could be obedient in this mode uh, of letting something go and just keeping what was supposed to be kept. And so in that, there is really a priority of tithing. There's a priority of stewardship even within the giving of the, 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 uh, the manna. Amen. And so, uh, you know, the Lord, Lord, Lord wants to know if he can trust us. Amen. With that which he gives unto us. Right? First. Right? Giving it first. The best belongs unto him. Deuteronomy chapter 14 and verse number 22 and 23, uh, and I'm going to read another verse as well uh, in there, but let, let's consider Deuteronomy 14 and verse 22. Thou shalt truly tithe all the increase of thy seed that the field bringeth forth year by year. Verse 23, and thou shalt eat before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose to place his name there, the tithe of thy corn, of thine wine, of thine oil, the firstlings of thy herds, of thy flocks, that thou mayest learn to fear. Look. Look, that thou mayest learn to fear or reverence, literally, reverence and respect the Lord thy God always. Look, he says, you know, because of the produce of the land and your crops, you got corn, all right? I've given you health, right, in order to secure the harvest, to plant and to harvest. So you got herds, flocks, all this stuff. He says, I ask you of the tithe, the tenth, and the firstling for all of this, that thou mayest learn. To respect and revere God always. He says, so your tithing is just a means by which you're learning to put God having priority huh, in your life. He goes on in verse number 29 and says, And the Levites, 
because he hath no part nor inheritance with thee, and the stranger and the fatherless and the widow which are within thy gates shall come and shall eat and be satisfied, that the Lord thy God may bless thee in all the work of thy hand which thou doest. Folks, let me tell you, I need that in my life, that the Lord of God would bless my hand in what I do because I have made him priority in what I've done and what I've received from what I have done. Amen? And so this is important. If I may, the Living Bible says it like this in verse 23. I like how it words it in the Living Bible, Deuteronomy 14, 23. It says, the purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your lives. Amen. To put God first in your lives. And so we pay our tithes. We give that 10%. We give that, that portion. And then we manage the rest of our income that God has allowed us to keep. Amen. With a depth of consecration and obedience. Amen. Unto the Lord and his word. And I, God, let's put it this way. God probably has much more confidence in how we're going to do with the 90 if he knows we've done right with the 10. Amen. Amen. And so a measure of our, our devotion unto the Lord is our tithing. Tithing is not the end of our treasure stewardship. It's just the beginning of it. It's just the beginning of it. Amen. We've taken our first step in stewardship of treasure. Amen. Amen. It's only after we have... And, and I, I really hate to view it like this, but it's only after we've paid what we've owed. But it is owed unto him. It, it is owed unto him. And here's a statement, and I want you to wrap your mind around this. It's only after we've paid what we owed that we can truly give. Now consider for a moment. All right? If, I only have a few people in here, okay? If Brother Mason... If Brother Mason gave me $100, but I was required to pay him that $100 back, all right? If I gave him $10 and kind of walked the dog in such a way, well, I gave him $10. In reality, I just got 10 of the 100 paid back. Giving starts after you give the 10. What, what, I'm being pastor right now for anybody that's membership, okay, today. If we give, but we never, if we, according to our standard, give but never tithe, we've not even started giving yet until we tithe. Because, because you offer to him what is his, and then after you've offered what is his, you start giving. In order for me to start giving to Brother Mason, I give him back the hundred that's his. And then beyond what is his is giving. Amen. And so, so, so this, this, is, this is the concept. Amen. That we must, we must pull into our hearts and our lives. And so the means by which we give, if there's any question out there, amen, we give off of our gross earnings. That's First fruits, that's firstlings, all right, uh, according to the word of the Lord. Uh, that, that firstling that was born, right? You got to understand, whenever you're talking about animals in the Old Testament that was going to birth, for instance, like lambs who, who only usually birth, you know, maybe annually in normal modes, 
that whenever that firstborn was, and sometimes they could have multiple births, but the first one out was the first one given to God with no guarantee that anything else was coming? Huh? What was that? That was priority. That was faith, confidence, and trust in their God, knowing that there's a principle here, that whenever I give to him what his, I know according to his word that the blessing of God is upon my life. I don't have to worry about the next lamb because I gave the first lamb to God. Amen. It's a principle. It's a wonderful principle in God's word. Amen. And so we give off our gross earnings. We give off our gross earnings of all our increase. Listen, all our increase. I can't emphasize that enough. All our increase. I'm not talking about just what you get at the job. I'm telling you what you get as a side job in cash. You give tithe unto the Lord. And you can go as deep as you want. Huh? Tithe off of gift cards. Because if you didn't get the gift card for $20, you'd had $20 in your hand. I'm just saying. Tithe. Amen. Oh, but listen, you are not going to go wrong. The old saying that you can't outgive God, let me tell you, you can't do it. You will not go wrong. The windows of heaven will open up and he'll pour out what you have not room, amen, to receive. And so we give our first fruits unto the Lord. What are you talking about? Make it a little bit more plain. We make it off our gross before Social Security gets a hold of it, before taxes get a hold of it, before your 401K gets a hold of it, before... Before child support gets a hold of it. Amen. We give our first fruits unto the Lord. And then we have that 90% to take care of all of our other obligations that we are indebted to. Amen. Amen. Tithing's not just, it's not, it's more than just a mathematical uh, formula, folks. It's about our relationship with God. It's about our relationship with God. And it is proportional. I wish sometimes I think of minds get so mixed up. It is proportional. 10%. You say, well, that one, that one's 10% was $200, or that one's 10% was $20. The value is, is not there. It's a 10% sacrifice for everybody, regardless of what they make. It's 10% of their earnings. It doesn't matter if you're a millionaire or if we're a pauper. 10% is 10% of what we have. It is proportionally the same. Amen. It's 10%. And so it's important, amen, that we not enter a mentality. As, you know, I'll, I'll start giving my 10% whenever I have enough. You'll never have enough. You'll never have enough. The time for being obedient to the stewardship principle that God has laid down is now. It's now. Amen. It's going to bless us, increase our ability, amen, to even tithe more in the future. But we got to utilize what he has given to our hand as a steward now. We must trust God. We must trust God. I know it's scary. I know it can be scary. I'm telling you. But we got to trust him. There's people in our congregation could tell you about times of being laid off, months and months. Yet the monies that they did receive, they tied Unto God, off their unemployment that they receive. They tithe. Why? Because there's a principle. There's a principle. I trust you, God. I trust you, God. Amen. If we will trust him with our soul, can we not trust him with our monetary means? I trust you, God. Amen. Amen. 
looking at the time. I'll close with this, and then we'll continue next week still yet. We still need to talk about giving, which, again, is after that, after that first step of tithing, right? I think we have a little bit of understanding concerning that. And we need to talk about alms, alms giving as well, which is coming to the needy, the poor, things of that nature. And we still got to talk about testimony and things like that. But I'll end with this little story as I close today. When William Colgate was a young boy, he worked in a soap-making shop. And when he became 16 years old, he left home to find employment in New York City. While traveling on a canal boat, Colgate told the canal boat captain that he planned to establish a soap manufacturing company in New York. And so the captain gave Colgate this advice. He said, someone will soon be the leading soap maker in New York. He says, you can be that person. He says, but you never, you must never lose sight of the fact that the soap you make has been given to you by God. This is years, I mean, years and years ago. He said, that captain said, honor God by sharing what you earn. He said, begin by tithing on all that you receive. And so Colgate took the advice of the canal boat captain and became a tither. Not only did he pay tithes on his personal earnings, but he also paid tithes on uh, the total earnings of his company. Soon he began to pay two-tenths, then three-tenths, then four-tenths. By the time of William Colgate's death, he was paying five-tenths of his personal earnings and five-tenths of the Now that is one story among many. I have read books of in this world business owners and people that have caught the, the principle of tithing and have tithed, not having no association with the church, have tithed, not having no, their business with no association with the church, but have caught the principle of tithing and have tithed some of them, even like William Colgate here, have got to a place ten, three-tenths. And you know what has happened to their places of, of, of work and their own life? They have just went like this because it is a principle of God's word that I think of anything as Christians. What a great testimony. What a great testimony to trust God with that aspect of your life. And people can have a visible witness through your life. Of what God can do. Amen. Even through faithfulness. And being a good steward of what is his. Amen. I'm going to pray this morning. We'll continue next week as we look at that. Amen. And I, I'm, I'm asking today. Again. I'm not harping on your cursed side. But I want to harp on the side. You're blessed. If. Amen. Because if we wrap our minds around that concept. Whew, it is just such a such just an enormous amen step in the right direction. God, I come to you this morning. I'm so thankful for you. I'm thankful, Lord, for the principles of your word. God, you have a plan of salvation. God, you have a plan, Lord, and a means by which, Lord, healing and Lord, calling for the elders of the church and praying. Lord, as much as we have accepted all these plans, you also have a plan, Lord, of finances and stewardship and giving and tithing. I pray, oh God, that we would, Lord, harness that within our lives just as much as we would harness any of these other plans that you have and principles that you have divulged in your word. 
word, God, for us. I pray, oh God, speak and minister, Lord Jesus, to your people. I pray, oh God, we have testimonies, Lord, of people within this church, Lord, that could stand up and speak and say, I'll tell you about the benefit of God on my life. I pray, oh God, help others, Lord, God, to get over the hump, Lord, just to entrust you, Lord, with what is yours. I pray, oh God, today we thank you. God, be with your people this afternoon. God, bring us back tonight. God, with our spirits and our souls eager and ready, God, to worship you again in the name of Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen and amen. God bless you this morning, church. Tonight at 6, doors are open at 540. Doors are open at 540. Amen. Come and be in service with us. Amen. We would love to have you here this evening. God bless. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.